Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. On today's episode, we're going to delve back into science, this time for our high schoolers. But Melody, I'm curious, uh, last time we talked, you were working on moving or prepping for moving. How's that going? Pretty well. Uh, my kids are moving out this next weekend or so, depending on when their place is ready. And so right now we're kind of in between some of my stuff is packed, most of their stuff is packed, and then there's other stuff just hanging out and waiting till we move some things out of the way. So that's going pretty well, but I got to a point where I realized I needed to not be packing. And so I started crocheting again, like I started a brand new project right in the middle of all this work. The crocheting stress relief. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Like I need to stop and just do something completely different uh, for stress relief. I suppose it was something fun. And so also because my husband and I were watching Victoria on Netflix, the I think we're on the third season. What? And I missed something. Wait. Oh. <laughs> we used to watch that together, remember? Yes. We would text each other during I I think I only got to the second um season. Oh, I have to catch There's up. There's a third season. And oh. so for some reason I need to have something in my hands to be working on while I'm watching that show and so I can do two things at once I'm not really but well I guess I sort of am but anyway yes find find the third season it's it's been good so far and of course the whole way through we're, we're looking things up like did that really happen or what is that based on the truth and yes I, I remember guess, you and I texting each other those things and and we ooh. learned a lot yeah yes, we did because I didn't really focus on British history as much as I did my own state and country. So that's been really fun. That's what we've been doing. What are you up to lately? Oh my gosh. Well, um, I actually watched um, a movie with Judy Dench in it that was based on Queen Victoria. Um, apparently she had a friendship um, with a um, Muslim man from India. He was a Hermunchi, which is a teacher. And her whole family was really upset about it. And apparently this was a hidden part of history until his diaries and things were discovered um, into the 1900s sometime. So it was a fascinating movie. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but you know how that goes. You watch something and then you move on. I remember um, when you mentioned that I was going to look into it and got busy and did not. Oh, it was so well done. And, and it kind of goes with that other one that I think it was Judy Dench where uh, it was Mrs. Brown and, uh, Queen Victoria had a friend with a man named John Brown, um, a friendship with a man named John Brown. She was an interesting lady. And um, again, her family was really upset with her, but uh, John Brown comforted her after her husband died. So they kind of all go together, I think. But um, other than that, then watching movies late at night while I'm working, we just got through um, having all kinds of fun fall festivals and putting together costumes and now we're ready to focus on the last part of the year. Um, Cause somebody told me Christmas is just like 54 days away. Yes. Uh, and I was like, Oh, why would you tell me that? So <laughs> there, there's a lot to do <laughs> to get to the end of the, the year. So um, in our last episode, we talked about teaching science for kinder through eighth grade. We talked about how each year builds on the next and that by eighth grade, you're prepping your student for high school science. 
So, um, Melody, what does high school science mean to you when people say high school science? Well, for us, it's that more formal study. Uh, everything that you have laid the foundation for, now you're going to build on that, go into each topic more in depth and do more study, adding in lab work. And uh, for us, it meant introducing tests and things like that. So we, for, for what I, when I talk about high school science, I'm talking about biology or integrated physics and chemistry, um, possibly anatomy, those upper level classes. Right. Physics might be in there, a, a separate physics course. With an uh, eye toward uh, credits, because now we're needing to keep track of these things and keep, you know, grades and build a transcript for credit. So it's that whole thing of now we're really accountable for these classes and this information. Yes, and that makes parents feel a lot of pressure because they're afraid they're going to mess up their kids and they can't go to college or, or whatever the kids want to do after high school if they don't get the science just right. Did you feel that way as a parent of high school students? I think I felt a little bit of that. It was probably the, the one area that was uh, slightly intimidating. I like science. I love the elementary science. It was that how do I record this learning and what kind of things do I need to make sure we cover? Um, we lived in a remote area and I didn't have any way to farm out those classes. So I knew I was going to be doing it myself. And I did kind of wonder if I was up to it. Yeah, I think we all feel that way, um, particularly if science is not our strong suit. Um, I remember when my first student was in high school and I got a biology textbook and we were not um, able to go to any uh, you know co-ops or anything at that time and looking at this book and thinking oh my goodness and then realizing you know I took biology I've been here before and I've got the teacher's guide so I think we're going to be all right and and that's one of the things that um, I want all of our listeners to realize is that you have a lot of support for yourself as a parent teaching science. Yeah, you might be doing it at home or you might be sending your kids somewhere, but there's a lot of support for you as the parent to help your kids get through that science and make sure they earn those credits. So we basically have two ways to do the science. We can either do it at home or we can delegate that responsibility to someone else. And so um, let's talk first about if you decide to delegate that responsibility, you, you really feel like you just aren't going to be able to do it. What are some ways that parents can delegate that responsibility? And what do they look for in that entity where they're going to send their child? Well, the kinds of things that I recommend people look for is, uh, first of all, you're looking for someone who really knows what they're talking about, someone you can trust who is going to be a good science educator. And for example, I know a lady who is so enthusiastic about science. She sees it everywhere. She can explain the most mundane things in terms of science. And so she's able to build enthusiasm in her students if they want to know, like, what does this have to do with anything? Why do I need to know these science facts? She can explain, just fly by the seat of her pants, explain where I might have to stop and think and look it up. But because she loves science, she's able to really teach from a, a huge foundation of knowledge that she has. And so you want to like check into those educators, find out, is this someone that's 
just going to be doing what you could do, look at the book and try to teach just from the book, or does someone have some background in science or some training? A lot of retired teachers are offering their services to homeschoolers for these classes. I think that's such a blessing. Um, but then you also have, you know, you can find a tutor or you might find even in a co-op situation where you've got, you know, the families coming together and teaching each other's children. That can also be a really good source for uh, for outsourcing your science classes because there are, you know, moms and parents who are those teachers who love science and offer to teach those classes. And when uh, my youngest was in co-op, there was a teacher, a mom, I think it was a couple of moms, team teaching, like a really high level chemistry science class in co-op. And they took two of the co-op hours to do it. But those kiddos got a really solid class. Also, something to think about is that a lot of people who homeschool their children are former teachers, just like you yourself are. So um, in the co-op situation, you might have someone who wants to teach science that actually worked in that field in the public sector before they came home to homeschool their kids. But yeah, I agree with you. You definitely want a person who is proficient in this topic area. We, some of my kids took science outside of our home. Um, the first time that we did that, we were in a co-op situation and the woman teaching science had a science degree, absolutely loved science and she was teaching biology. And then the second time that one of my children took science courses, it was in a, um, an enrichment academy and the teacher who taught biology and chemistry there was a former public school science teacher who also found homeschool kids absolutely delightful. So that was a really fun experience. He, he was just, he couldn't believe that kids actually came to school and they wanted to learn and they took these classes <laughs> because they wanted to take them, um, which is nice. In homeschooling, um, depending on the state where you live, your kids can choose to take some non-traditional science courses that will fill their science credit. Now, we talked about credits, Melody, and you were saying, you know, you've got to get credits on the transcript. So uh, let's talk for just a couple minutes about the credits and how many your child might need. Well, I would recommend that people look and see what is accepted in their state. Or if you have a college-bound student, find out what the college is looking for so that you know how to map out your studies. But for us, we we did physics or it was integrated physics with chemistry or a lab and biology. And then we did anatomy. And those were the three that we needed. But some states and some places want you to have four credits in science. And so um, we actually did collect other science activities. I had a child who was very interested in cooking, baking, food science. And so we tracked some of those activities in case I needed an extra credit for them. They had enough study in that area that we could have put a little more work into it and fleshed it out to make a complete class if we had wanted to. But for the most part, for my children, we stuck with biology, anatomy, and physics and chemistry, an integrated class. And those seem to be the most popular ones that are offered in the various um, realms when you're looking to outsource. You know, um, I see biology and chemistry everywhere. Physics, I see in a lot of places. And then um, sometimes you see anatomy or you see astronomy. So there are um, 
across the board, that's the ones you generally would expect are usually offered in a wide variety of, um, you know, by a wide variety of facilities, either co-ops or paid one day type of situations, or even you can hire a private tutor. Um, we've never had a private tutor, but we had really good experience with the co-op and with the um, Enrichment Academy. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to find that there are some groups online doing science and doing chemistry experiments like together. I've seen some every other kind of class. It wouldn't surprise me to find out that there are some science teachers offering some classes online. That's a good point. And there are some um, curriculum that you can purchase where you have an online component. So your children take a class online. So they're in your home, but you still outsourced it. So that's another option. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. When we return, we're going to discuss the DIY approach to teaching science. Ah! Oh dear, what's wrong? I'm so stressed. I'm taking down Halloween decorations. I've got a plan for Thanksgiving, Christmas shopping. I've got Christmas decorations to get out of the attic. I, I've got to plan my Christmas meal. And my child is graduating and I need a transcript. You should use Transcript Maker. It's an online service that allows you to make professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your own home. Oh, I don't have time to learn to use Excel. Oh, you don't need to. Transcript Maker can calculate GPA for you, so you don't have to waste time doing a bunch of laborious calculations. I won't be at home very much. I've got a tour farm, so I know where I'm getting my turkey. Transcript Maker keeps your transcript in the cloud in case you need to edit or access on the go, even on a turkey farm. Okay, but I can't spend a lot of money this time of year. I've got to buy brand new cars with big red bows on them for my whole family. Thankfully, Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial so you can give it a test drive and see what you think. And listeners of the Happy Homeschooler podcast can save 20% off their subscription with our exclusive coupon code, HAPPY. H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Don't wait another minute. Head to www.transcriptmaker.com and get rid of some of that stress today. Thank goodness for Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. In the first half, we talked about what high school science is and how it can be stressful, but it doesn't need to be. And in this half, we're going to talk about how we handle it at home. So, Melody, how do you think is the best way to get started when you're planning to teach high school science at home? Well, the best thing to do is to look down the road and see where you're going and map out your plan. And so I usually did this in junior high. A lot of people are there. Instead of thinking of the like, oh, my goodness, I've got all four years of high school. Just look at the next thing, but kind of know where you're going. And so we chose a curriculum. I chose to stick with the same curriculum provider all through high school. And so I just bought the next book in the sequence. And we started off with our, we used Apologia. Uh, this was a long time ago. There weren't as many choices as there are now, but it was a good solid book and textbook that we could do at home with materials that we had at home or could get at the drugstore or the grocery store. And it worked for us. So I knew what everybody was going to be doing. We still had some of that, you know, um, multi-level schoolhouse. Everybody would come to see what was going on when there was an experiment. 
but each one in high school did track along and they're on their level. Yes, it's definitely good to make a plan and not let yourself get overwhelmed by thinking too far ahead. Um, because when you're doing high school level science, there are a lot of parts that you have to handle in each year. So, and we also used Apologia, and I do remember that it had a certain scope and sequence at that time where you would expect to spend about two weeks per module, except there was one that took longer. I think that was when you were doing genomes. And so um, knowing that you could sit down and, you know, you're going to start maybe on September 1st. Okay, two weeks later, you'll, you know, you'll be done with the first module, you'll start the second module. So you could see when you were going to be finished with that book. Well, that way you could plan out your purchases for materials or supplies that you were going to need. We bought those as we went along, but I could see, I could just add it to the next list for the next week's groceries. If I knew that an experiment was going to come up where they needed, I don't know, vinegar and baking soda and balloons or things that we might not have on hand all the time. So it was very helpful to have that guide at the beginning to map out the year. And some of the newer editions of Apologia have already got it mapped out for you in the front of a workbook. So you can just like check off the next day, which makes it even easier. Yeah, it's important to... Um take it in little bite-sized pieces each week so that you can can finish in a nice timely manner so even though you focused on one year at a time you did know you were going to use the same curriculum supplier for all the years of your science what was the reasoning for that the main reason was the first year was a little bit of a trial let's try this and see how it works for us when we liked the format and it worked well and the pieces were manageable, you know, chunks of information because we did science every day just so we could be consistent and move through the curriculum. Because they were familiar with the way that that curriculum was laid out, they were ready for the next book. Everything, they shared similar format and similar expectations. And we were already in a role, so we kind of just kept on going. We had our science groove, we just kept rolling along in it. And I found that consistent through their through the books. They knew what to expect. They had the on your own questions they had to study. They were familiar with learning the vocabulary. The tests were similar. And they knew the level of depth, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They knew what the book was going to expect from them. From the beginning, you know you're going to cover all those topics all the way through and finish your high school studies. And I felt comfortable that the studies and the level of information in that book was going to be adequate. I know other people have chosen things they felt to be more or less rigorous, but I think it's a good idea to stick with one curriculum. It makes sense because you know that it's going to complete a topic and the kids are going to be prepared for the next topic. But sometimes, you know, they use something and then they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can change it if it's not working. But once you find that one that really clicks, um, your kids understand it, it's easy for you to use. It really is a good idea if that supplier has all the years of science to stick with them for all the reasons that you mentioned. Now, we talked earlier about there are certain topics that are generally covered, science topics in high school as uh, you know, a lot of times in ninth grade, the students are doing integrated physics and chemistry, then biology in 10th grade, and then chemistry in 11th grade, and maybe physics. Um, However, that might not be appropriate for every student based on what they will do 
in their post-high school career. Um, in fact, some of my kids only took two years of science. They were not going on to college and they were not science oriented. What was your experience? For the most part, similar. We, we all did three years. I wanted them to be able to have the classes they needed if they decided to go to college, but it was pretty evident who had college in their future and who was jumping off into some other area. Like some of my children got jobs while they were in high school. Uh, one of my daughters was moving, interested in uh, dog grooming or being a veterinarian or something in that area which would have required a lot of science, but she was not really interested in pursuing science in depth. So she shifted direction a little bit and now she's a dog groomer. So looking ahead to know what kind of science, uh, rigorous kind of science you need is a good idea, but we just stuck with the basics. The ones who decided to take college classes had that under their belt and then the rest just learned from life. They were able to apply what they learned in high school to just, you know, every day, I don't know, the physics of things in your car or the things that they needed to know, they had the background to figure out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, my two students who did go on to college, both had three years of science in high school, and they took outside of the home classes for biology and chemistry. My two that were not as science oriented, they just took integrated physics and chemistry in their ninth grade year in biology in 10th grade. And, and it's all served them very well. And don't worry, you know, if you have a child that's pretty dead set on not going to a higher education and you just get in a couple science credits and they change their mind, they actually can make up that lost ground when they go to college. But if you have a child who's for sure they're going to college, like my middle daughter, she was, I'm going to college as soon as I graduate. And I'm, you know, and she, we thought she might be a veterinarian we made sure that she had rigorous science courses with labs. And that's the thing that's really important. So if your child's going to go on to higher education, their science has to have labs. Otherwise, they are not adequately prepared for that college level work. Make sure they get labs if you're teaching them at home. And some people might not feel comfortable with labs. Melody, what are some ways that people can make sure their kids are doing these labs at home and having some level of comfort. Are there resources available? There are a lot of resources available. First of all, if you're buying a textbook from some publisher, that's probably included. And we bought, I know when we got to chemistry, we bought the chemistry set. We didn't use it as, as extensively as I would have liked. We did enough to, to work, but the, the experiments in the lab work was actually quite fun for us because the whole family would gather around to see what was gonna happen. Sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. And then that was a different kind of learning. But we had an area where we would work and it was our kitchen, but the kids were responsible for getting all the materials out and then cleaning everything up and putting it all back at the end. But I had to make sure there was a, a counter and good light and a place where they could keep their notes. And then we did have to walk them through that whole lab report, writing a good lab report because some of them would rather just do the fun stuff and not have to do the writing and all of the rest of it. But we worked on that. And so that was an area of just a practice. Sometimes you just have to do things you don't love. But we made sure that they had a good spot, a specified place. Everybody knew where all of those materials were right. stored. If you don't have that organized, um, 
it, you'll lose so much valuable time and the kids will lose interest in performing the experiments. And then before you know it, you're falling behind. And, you know, we do say that when you're homeschooling, you don't ever really fall behind per se. But when you're in high school and your student wants to graduate by a certain date and be in college by a certain date, it's a little more important to have your timetable and stick to it. Like you said, be consistent and work daily on those science activities. You're gonna have a lot more success and you'll keep the momentum going. It's really hard to keep restarting. Oh, it is. And then you've forgotten what you learned and you have to go back, you have to back up and review. And it was just the, the years that we were able to just keep going on every day, do the science, it's a consistent time of day so that it was part of the routine. They made good progress and um, we had a couple of years like it happens to lots of people where they're just life events that happen that interrupt your school and so getting started again as you said was kind of difficult it wasn't impossible but we had to work harder right um, it's just much easier to keep once you're rolling along just keep going yes i agree i i definitely agree we we found the same thing and if we had to restart it was like pulling teeth to find that groove again. Now, um, you were talking about some uh, support that your curriculum had with your chemistry materials, and I found some resources and support online for people who use a particular curriculum. There are Facebook groups or the curriculum supplier has a support group or videos that you can go to their website and watch so that you're not often not just buying only curriculum, but you're also getting additional support to help you um, teach these topics and find out why an experiment didn't work properly or get some assistance with a mathematical calculation for a chemistry problem. You're not really ever alone when you're trying to teach something at home. There are so many other things that, as a factor that can help you. It's true. And I'm glad you mentioned math just then because we do want to remember that some of the sequence of the science classes is based on where they are in math. Do they have algebra and have they finished algebra one? And so we have to keep that in mind when you're looking at your plan, make sure you keep up with your math so that you'll be ready for your science. Exactly, they are really tied together. Now, one other thing I was wanted to be sure that we mention is that, you know, we talked a little bit briefly about tailoring science education to your students. And um, I remember once you talked about an interesting way that you taught your youngest daughter science. Can you share that with our listeners? Yes, I was so excited to find Ellen J. McHenry's curriculum. She has a website and she has a basement workshop. She's a science teacher. And so she's sharing a lot of materials with, well, anybody. But my daughter is an artist and the information in science wasn't really sticking. And I don't know how I found mapping the body with art, but she has this wonderful course where you're learning as you learn, you're drawing and mapping the mapping the body with art. You draw everything and she has um, videos that go with it. And then she's got extra uh, YouTube videos or videos that are hosted on her site of the things that she's talking about. But everything has an art component. And so my artistic daughter, who was not that interested in science, was able to remember all this information to the point that when I was teaching 
a middle school science class uh, last year, she happened to look over my shoulder and I can't remember exactly what we were studying right now, uh, right then, but she's like, oh, that's blah, 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 blah. And she remembered all of that sequence of um, all the scientific terms, which of course here I am not even able to tell you what they were, but she remembered it because drawing resonated with her and because she drew all that she actually kept her entire folder and all the drawings for that science class <clears throat> was that um anatomy or biology what was the subject matter it was biology biology that is a wonderful way to teach science to a person who's not very science oriented by touching on something else that they like in your daughter's case art all right right so i think that you know there are other things on her website which i highly recommend um, she's got quite a few free downloads and I'm being a big fangirl here, but it works so <laughs> well for my daughter that I, I hardly recommend that. I have also picked up her, um, chemical elements. She's got a whole chemical that like the periodic table where she's using all those things as ingredients. If you were cooking and creating things in their universe and she's just really good at making things down to earth what and making like game out of approach them. to science. Yes. So if textbook approach is not fitting and not a good fit for your child, you might want to go explore and see some of those other uh, fun approaches. Like I think she has a brain hat where you make a brain, you make a hat and it shows all the different things in the brain. Anyway, so many things. I love her website. It's kind of sad that I don't have anybody else to use it for. Well, maybe but you can do that in one of your, your classes that you so. teach at the Enrichment Academy. Now, another great resource to help us when we're teaching science at home, and we seem to talk about this website all the time, is Khan Academy. Um, mm -hmm. Khan Academy actually has AP courses, and AP courses are really great for your college-bound student. It gives them more rigorous you know, treatment of a topic, and they can actually earn college credit if they take the AP exam. And Khan Academy has those courses available. Another place to find recommendations for curriculum would be Kathy Duffy Reviews. You could go and look up science curriculum and find out how those each, you know, curriculum treats science, what their scope and sequence is, how much support they have for the parent teacher. And so there are lots of great ways to help you as a teacher of science at home. Here at the end of our podcast, we sometimes answer a big question. This week, I have a big question I would like to discuss. Um, there have been so many people opting for homeschooling that it's making me wonder how the growth of homeschooling is going to impact our ability to homeschool. Um, in the past, we had an episode about homeschooling in the dark ages. And Melody, um, would you refresh our listeners' memory on what that was about? That episode, we talked about what it was like to homeschool in the 80s or the 90s and before we had access to the Internet, and before things were really as easy as they are now. But there were not as many people homeschooling. We had lots of questions about legality and what was allowed. So we had explored our experiences of, from that time. Yes, and I think that, of course, you and I know mostly about how homeschooling was in Texas, but there were similar issues all across the country at that time um, where people wanted to have a different choice about how their kids were educated. And there are various regulations 
that affect homeschooling. You know, people whose kids are homeschooling now that we're in public school most likely realize that the public schools receive money for each child that is in public school. And so when a child is withdrawn from school, that money goes away. There's still money that goes to the school district from taxes, but there is also money that is tied to a kid. And so when the kid is no longer enrolled, that money is gone. And I think my concern is that schools are going to begin feeling the pinch of these students who have withdrawn. And the schools and perhaps the education associations are going to want to, um, you know, reignite that regulation or get those students back in school somehow. And I think people need to be concerned about their homeschooling freedoms. We definitely need to keep an eye on the news and keep an eye on any kind of introduced regulations or even what's going on around the world with regard to homeschooling, because you kind of want to keep your your finger on the pulse of the opinion and the ideas that are floating down there about whether or not homeschoolers should be regulated and to what extent. Everyone is doing fine, and homeschoolers have shown that they graduate and go into college and do really well. So we know that homeschooling works, but you have a valid point about funding. Yes, and the other thing that concerns me is that people who are new to homeschooling they are feeling the pinch, right, that we felt ourselves where if you're a homeowner, your taxes are going to support the school that you're not using and you're buying curriculum and school supplies. And, you know, you wish that there was some relief from all those expenses. And I worry that new homeschoolers might get, you know, focused on, oh, what can we get from the government, maybe um, a tax break or something for homeschooling. And then, you know, we would be exchanging freedom for some kind of financial consideration. So I think it's really important that um, those of us who are homeschooling veterans and new homeschoolers really do a little bit of homework as to how our states got to the point they are with homeschooling and watching what our legislators are doing when they're in session on any kind of educational bills. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea to connect yourself with your state homeschool organization. Uh, They usually have a hotline or a group or a newsletter or some kind of social media to keep you abreast of what's going on currently. And they have the resources to tell you the history of homeschooling in your area and things to watch out for. Yes. And, and, And additionally, on top of the homeschool state organizations, We have um, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, which watches over homeschooling across the whole United States and even around the world. And they're a great resource for news and information about homeschooling. So um, if we like homeschooling and we want to make sure we are allowed to keep homeschooling, we have a little bit of homework to do, I think. Right. So, you know, conversely, I also wonder if the rise of homeschooling will actually help public school to improve some of their offerings for their students, and it will give them new ways to approach education as well. Oh, I hope so. And we might even see some uh, benefits for both public and private school. Yeah, maybe some hybrid approaches or some just some new ways of thinking about what education is for all students. 
If you have any questions, comments, or homeschool news stories, please email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Like our page and join our group on Facebook at facebook.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Follow us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod. And subscribe to the Happy Homeschooler podcast on YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly williams Arbaugh. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or as always, tell people about us. That way the scope and sequence flows throughout and you have a finished set of, you know, well, I totally lost my direction. (laughs) (laughs) What am I even trying to say?